That was not what we expected here at Ohio Stadium this afternoon. Not that Ohio State wasn't capable of losing this game. I don't think anybody really anticipated that the Buckeyes were going to be blown out where they were in the second half. Tough day for Ohio State as they close the regular season with their only loss, an 11-1 record, but a loss to Michigan, 45-23. to We'll react with our instant analysis show from the shoe coming up next. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to Ohio Stadium on the Buckeye Breakdown Podcast. I'm Brendan Gulick along with Andrew Lind. A little hard to put a smile on your face here today because for the second year in a row, Ohio State got a big old dose of humble pie from the team up north, 45-23 in a game that Ohio State led 20-17 to at halftime. Frankly, it didn't feel like it was that close because mm-hmm. in the first half, Michigan had run 25 plays. Three of them generated... 177 yards, uh, and, and the other 22 generated 37. Um, it was three broken plays away from Ohio State running away with things. Mm-hmm. And then the second half happened, and Michigan ran for 240-plus yards in the second half. The Buckeyes ran for 19. They were chasing the game constantly, and Michigan stuck it to Ohio State in a pretty, uh, pretty impressive yeah. way. I mean, it, it was really bad news just going into halftime, only up three points because, I mean, really they had dominated the first half. You know, they were getting more than six yards of carry uh, against the the nation's number two rush defense. So you were taking advantage of of exactly what you had hoped to. You know, moving the ball, weren't able to obviously, you know, capitalize and get in the end zone on every single one of those. And you left some points out there. And, you know, ultimately going into halftime, Michigan had to obviously be feeling really good about themselves just because of where they were only down three points at that point. And then, you know, for them to come out and they're they're one of the better second half teams in the country. And that, that really showed today. And yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things like, especially in that third quarter, you just really felt that momentum change. And then, you know, there was that point where Ohio State, needed, you know, had the decision to go for it on fourth down. CJ kind of looks at the side and, you know, he's 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 telling the, the coaches that he wants the, the special teams unit to stay off and go for it. And, you know, I thought that that really right there, that to me, that play or that decision to punt it away was really the difference in this game. Because, you know, you kind of talk about just the 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 toughness that, that you expect out of them and just all that kind of stuff. And I, I even said it last week against Maryland. You know, there was a point in the game where it's like, OK, it's fourth and three go for it like show that you are the better team that you are tough you talked about it for 364 days now about how tough you are and you know how you've circled this on the calendar you got beat worse today than you did last year and so i I mean i really don't know where you kind of go from there yeah it's it's kind of hard to to wrap your head around and we're going to try um you know we just we're in ohio state's press room we just finished conversations with ryan day and jim knowles jt tui molowau cj stroud um and, and there are a lot of uh, a lot of emotions right now, I think, from a lot of folks, certainly around Buckeye Nation, that are, that are pretty vocal and, and frustrated with this outcome. Um, and, you know, I, I thought the guys that came to the podium did what they needed to do. Um, they stepped up as, as the leaders and faces of this team. CJ certainly currently. JT Tuimolo, 
very obviously one of the future captains of this team yep. uh, and certainly a guy that's emerged as, as a big leader this year and, and he was willing to, to talk with us after the uh, after the game too you know I, I I think the most frustrating part about today and there were several but the most frustrating thing was a combination of the lack of discipline mm-hmm. for a team that didn't have too many undisciplined situations this year. I know it was that was a big problem last year, but for mm-hmm. the most part, Ohio State hasn't been too undisciplined this year. That combined with a, a second half, I, I don't know if it was a, an attitude that they just expected they were mm-hmm. going to continue to physically dominate the mm-hmm. way they did. I mean, they pushed Michigan around at the line of scrimmage yeah. on both sides of the ball the entire first half. It was it was totally one-sided at the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage. And last year, it was the complete opposite, mm-hmm. right? So did they come out in the second half expecting that that would just be the same? I don't know. What I do know is Ohio State's secondary had a brutal day. Mm-hmm. And, and late in the game, when they had a chance to try to make something happen late, they gave up 75 and 85 yard touchdown runs, virtually untouched, right through the heart of the defense. Um, that is really tough to watch. Yeah, and you know I can't speak to what what the coaches and players in here said because I was over at, at Jim Harbaugh's press conference. But you know some of the, excuse me, some of the stuff that he had said over there kind of stuck with me as well. You know, it's just he talked about that they had that mindset of just that they were going to do what they wanted eventually. And, you know, and the players, J.J. McCarthy pretty much said that as well, you know, that they're just a really good second half team. And then, you know, for them to just say, you know, we know what we're doing. You know, we're we're upset that everybody thinks that that, that we're underdogs, those kind of things. And they just stuck to what they knew and, and what they knew was going to have success. And I think that, you know, once they got down, they kind of, you know, kind of had that mindset and said, okay, well, we need to switch some things up. We need to fix these things. And Ohio State just kind of kept doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it's like, you know, eventually Michigan tightened up and Ohio State just kept trying to run the ball. And it's like, that wasn't getting you anywhere. And then when we saw that they had that long play to Mecca, success, you get in the red zone, you you get bottled up and you settle for a field goal. Right there, to me, right there, uh, that's another thing. You know, you need to go for that. There's times running out. You can't just say, okay, well, we're going to be down by eight. How do you even know that you're going to get the ball back? Obviously, Michigan went and scored a touchdown. You're chasing, you know, you're chasing them from there at that point. So yeah, it's just there's there's honestly a lot of just baffling things that that have shown up this year. And you know, I I know Jim Knowles took full responsibility for how the secondary played. I did see that, and you know, I I I give him props for that because I mean that that secondary looked completely different than they did in the first eleven games. And you know, it, it really just yeah. I mean, I think it it really just goes back to that toughness you know, that we talked about and that they've been criticized for in the last year, they punched Michigan in the face. Michigan punched them back and kept punching. And they didn't have an answer for that. And that's an issue. I think that's why I was so disappointed because, you know, all of the conversation, and I mean all of it, around this facility in the last 365 days is about figuring out a way to answer the bell in the face of adversity. Ryan Day calls it competitive stamina he said it at every stinking press conference with the media for the last year and i understand and i appreciate that that is part of this and i I just felt like when ohio state had its back against the wall in the second half it was a frustrating third quarter but the game wasn't over Mm -hmm. in the early part of the fourth quarter i thought ohio state's effort offensively dropped and then when one of the, the first of those two 
long touchdown runs. Yeah. I, I, I thought there was a significant drop off of look, the game's over, and there's still seven or eight minutes left. Yeah. It's probably over. It feels over, mm-hmm. but you got to keep swinging. And and I yeah. was I was just disappointed by that. Well, man. and and they were in the red zone going into the fourth quarter. I remember you know switching sides, and I think you know that I I have to point out that pass interference because that was a tough call. that was a terrible call, and I think that that could have saved Ohio State because you figure they're going to kick a field goal at that point. It's only a, an eight point game, or no, it would have been a seven point game, I think, because they were uh, down four. Yeah. So it's still a one-score game at that point, and I think that that right there is just kind of was was the the cherry on top of just knowing that they were going to lose this game. But uh, JJ McCarthy said after the game too that you know when they switched to that fourth quarter, they looked over to the other sideline and they saw Ohio State players with their head down. You know that they felt defeated say, and their body language looked bad. Yeah, and it was just kind of one of those things like you, know, you can talk about toughness, but you also have to have that that stamina. And and you know for as much as you said that Ryan Day talked about that that did not exist today you know they can talk about having competitive stamina but when you're sitting there and and you're missing tackles on on I mean Michigan had five big plays today it was like Kerry Combs was was coaching the defense again you know at some point and I think that you know if you want to talk about that you have to go and put that out there on the field and today was just the complete opposite of everything that they've talked about for the last year and then like I said for them to go in and say you know we got beat by two touchdowns last year and then you sit there and you come back the very next year and it's a, it's even worse than that. Like that doesn't make sense. You can't put that much emphasis on the game for a year and make it all about this and say, you know, the first 11 games are all, you know, just it's the preseason to the Michigan game. And then you go out there and you put that effort out there that that doesn't cut it. I mean, look, at the end of the day, and I don't mean to make it quite this condensed, but Ohio State was playing in a revenge game at home. Mm-hmm. They were a almost double-digit favorite. I think the final line ended up being right around eight and a half or nine points. And Michigan's best player, who is a Heisman candidate, was basically not And you you honestly had no clue that he wasn't out there. Right, right. And I think that that's the thing is like, you know, we kind of looked at it and said, okay, if Blake Corum's not playing, then they're not going to win. Like literally everybody. There wasn't a single national writer, a single local writer for us, you know, on Ohio State side, on Michigan side that was saying, Michigan's going to go in there and even win without Blake Corum. I, I talked to a let lot alone of folks to then today. go and sit there and pile it on yeah. after you know, and and that's kind of how I felt. Revenge game, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, Clemson a couple years ago, they had to sit with that for a whole year, just happened to get lucky and play them, and then we saw what happened there. You know, they beat Purdue the next time they played them. They beat Iowa the next time they played them. Like, there's a history of saying, you know what, we didn't have our best effort the last time. And then fixing those things. And then today, that, that was just completely absent. And, and I will say this. So the, the, the big plays that ended up telling much of the story of this game, I don't necessarily – I'm not trying to take credit away from Michigan, okay? It's not like J.J. McCarthy was threading 50-yard throws yeah. down the field, okay? He was having trouble finding tight windows – when he had to throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. J.J. is a really good player, and his his uh, feet, I thought, made him especially difficult in the second half. But he was throwing long, long passes that guys are just running underneath and catch. So yep. you look at the you know you look at the stats, and, and a quote unquote technically a big play through the passing game is defined as 15 yards or more. Michigan had five of them. But four of, or I should say, yeah, four of them were 33 yards, 69, 75, and 45 yards. And then on the ground, they technically had four runs of 10 yards or more, and that's how they define a big play on the ground. 
uh, and obviously, you know, the two of the biggest ones were at the end of the game. So you give up four plays, mm-hmm. four plays of 69 yards or more. That's completely embarrassing. It's yeah. it's it's humiliating. It's it's not what we have seen. In some ways, we haven't seen that from this defense this year, but we have certainly seen instances yeah. where the secondary hasn't played very well. Well, and I think that that's the most frustrating part too. Is like we sit there and we we saw flashes today of how Ohio State had improved on defense. Yeah. Like there was moments that you know last year Michigan would have just ran all over them, and they they improved in those things. And it was like okay, you know, I see them taking that that next step. And then all of a sudden there was a you know McCarthy would move around a bit. And and I'm gonna point this out too because I got I got a bit of crap for this when I said that Ohio State was going to have problems with J.J. McCarthy's legs. And I, I said that after the Northwestern game because they had the problem with it against with uh, Finn yep. from Toledo. Yep. And then against Northwestern, when you literally knew what they were going to do, it was either going to be a handoff or a quarterback keeper. They could not stop that. And everybody said, oh, well, it's just the wind. It's it's the rain. It's There was excuses. I said it then and there that that was going to be a problem. And today he extended plays, allowed his receivers to get open. You know, that, that caused issues in the secondary. And, and that's exactly what I was talking about. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And, you know, I, I, when, it, when it comes to McCarthy, early on, he, you know, you, he was very unsettled in the pocket. You could see that his Without legs, he, he wasn't sure what was going on. And Ohio State failed to take advantage of that. And I think that that's the issue. He was throwing off his back foot constantly. They constantly yeah. harassed him, put him under duress. And Ohio State wasn't scoring to put the game away early. Um, look, I, I I don't anticipate. I'd be really surprised if there were coaching staff changes this year because of this game. I think that's too reactionary. I know a lot of people are saying that kind of stuff right now, and you look at comment sections and, and fan forums, and I, I get it. I feel the emotion too. I am not on the fire Ryan Day crowd. I'm not on the fire Jim Knowles crowd. I'll tell you what, though, he loses a third game in a row. Could be that could be Boy, a little bit of a because honestly, like, I'm going to say this as somebody who grew up being a fan of Ohio State. Like, I literally came to Ohio State because I fell in love with the football program as a kid, all those kind of things. I don't personally know what it's like to watch Ohio State lose two games in a row yeah. until today. And to see that happen, like, if, if I separate my fan, you know, being a fan from being a reporter, that is flat out unacceptable because when Jim Trestle came here, you know, he, he put so much emphasis on Michigan and that was the very first thing that people were going to be proud of. It wasn't, we're being built to go and beat Georgia. We're not going and being built to beat Alabama was Miami, Florida at the time. What was the most important part? You beat Michigan the next year, you know, you go and you beat Michigan again. And then you worry about Miami, Florida. Like that—that's the thing. There, there are clear steps to that, and you can't just sit there and say, "Oh, well, we're going to eventually, you know, we're going to beat Michigan, and then we're going to worry about the rest." No, you need to build that team to beat Michigan, and then worry about the rest. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I think maybe some of the expectations around this program, and, and as we've said several times, the borderline unrealistic expectations of literally you're not allowed to lose, it, it makes losses hurt that much more, but it certainly makes lo- losing the rivalry game hurt that much more. 
and you know, some of it is because you play the rivalry game at the end of the year. Ohio State's season may have just come to a screeching halt. I mean, we don't know if they're going to get the college football playoff. Personally, I think it's unlikely, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's impossible. Clemson lost today. I haven't really been following too many of the other games as we've been focused on our coverage here tonight. But I think there is still a scenario where Ohio State could sneak into the field of four. Um, I just don't think it's likely. And they're not going to play in a Big Ten championship mm-hmm. game. So that fate is entirely up to a selection yeah. committee and other teams losing games for one. And, and two, you look at somebody like C.J. Stroud, who was asked today, like, hey, you know, did we see you play for the last time today as an Ohio State Buckeye? Yeah. And I'm sure he's not thinking about that in the moment. But by the same token, his body language suggested that that had crossed his mind. Yeah, That's not going to surprise anybody. He's probably going to be a fairly high draft pick. His family, for the only time all year, came into this room and stood in that back corner as he addressed the media which I thought was a really nice token because that was tough for CJ to stand up there and, and you yeah. know, take questions after a really frustrating loss. He acknowledged, hey, look, I, I didn't beat Michigan. I didn't even get a chance to play in a Big Ten championship game as a starting quarterback. That's, that's obviously pretty tough for him. Um, but there was that obvious feeling around, like, hey, maybe this is it for him. And so that's, that's the part of this that's really yeah. tough. Well, and I think that that's kind of a crazy part, too, is because – five, six hours ago, we were literally, you know, thinking, okay, if he has a big game today, he very well, you know, may win the Heisman Trophy, if not very likely wins the Heisman Trophy, you know, leads them to a Big Ten championship, has them in the playoff, those kind of things. And all of a sudden now it's C.J. Stroud doesn't, you know, is is most likely going to leave Ohio State without a win over Michigan, you know, without a Big Ten title. Like he is maybe the most talented quarterback throwing the ball you know, maybe rivaled by only Dwayne Haskins to ever come through here. And what do we do, you know, when we talk about Dwayne Haskins? 62-39. Yeah. Like, that is, that is, you know, or even Dwayne Haskins coming in the year before when JT Barrett went down. Came in, you know, led him to a come-from-behind win at in, 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 in Ann Arbor. So I think it's one of those things that, you know, we can, we can talk about how it's great that Ohio State's going to have a number one or number two overall draft pick. But at the end of the day, he didn't beat Michigan. And, like, you know, the, I know he's not going to come back for that I'm simple not, fact. I'm not convinced he's going to be a number one or number two overall pick. Really? I think he'll be a first-round pick for sure. But I, Yeah, I mean, I we, we, we can't, you know, we're obviously okay. going to have to talk about that later on because we know the NFL, you know, NFL people like to sit there and say, sure. pick things apart and all that kind of stuff. But top ten pick, we, I mean, we'd probably agree on. But I think that there has to be something maybe inside of him that says, this doesn't sit right with me. And I know that, you know, that may screw up Ohio State's plans with Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, Dylan Rayola, so on and so forth. But that can't sit right with him. Like, I know he's a competitor. I know that, you know, he, he shows it. He's shown it, you know, despite the fact that everybody in the media has been, you know, against him at some point or those kind of things. Like, I was a big critic of his. But at the same time, that has to give him pause to say, you know what, that doesn't sit right with me. Maybe I should come back for another year. You know, you make the 62-39 comment and – uh, you're right. That obviously comes to mind. Um, I, I can't help but think about something that was on my mind pregame about, and it was specific to the offensive line, but I'm, I'm thinking about it maybe in less of a microcosm. I think Ohio State individually has better talent than Michigan. I don't, th- I don't think that's a question. But for the second year in a row – Michigan is showing that they're a better team. 
And I don't know what it's going to take for Ohio State. And, and is it just overreacting to a loss? I don't know if that's necessarily even fair because I, I think there were moments in the game where if you are rock solid as a team, you don't make mistakes the mm-hmm. way Ohio State did late in the game. Yeah, and I I don't know where that gets fixed. Well, and there was a lot of penalties too. I mean, there was that yeah, one that they they literally for yards. they literally were going to get the ball at midfield and able to go and tack on you know points to build a bigger lead, and then the next thing you know, they're you get a unsportsmanlike conduct, you get holding, and the next thing you know, you're punting out of your own. You know, it's first and thirty-five. Like yeah, they ran a that's absurd. Yeah, on the first play that yeah. Drive. I I just think that. You know, it's almost like what happened last year got in the coaching staff's head a little too much, and like they really pressed them this game because there was moments that the plays were just like, "What are you? What? What are? What are they doing?" And you know, I do think that to your point, Ohio State does have better athletes. Like that, I don't think that's even debatable. We look at you know recruiting rankings, we look at NFL, you know, success, those kind of things. Like it's not even close. But then once they get out on the field, like. Like I said earlier, Michigan punched them in the face, and they didn't really know what to do. I, um, you know, you think about the hype around a program, think about the hype around a rivalry game, and is there something to being an underdog in that game? Probably, you know, where Michigan came in here and said, "Hey, we're eleven and zero. Yeah, we're pretty good. Mm-hmm. You guys have been ranked ahead of us all year. Nobody expects us to win this game." You know, we feel pretty good about our talent, even if our best player can't go. I, I don't know that Ohio State is is often going to be considered an underdog when they are able to bring in the kind of talent mm-hmm. that they bring in. So they're going to need to find a way as a program to callous themselves from moments like this where they can somehow figure out a way to swing back because – you know, I, I don't I don't know if it's a soft thing. I don't want to go yeah. down that route. I just I I'm disappointed and I'm sure fans are disappointed with the lack of effort late mm-hmm. in that fourth quarter. And Ryan Day said he felt like they thought he, he thought they played all the way through. The la- last two drives would would suggest otherwise, to be honest, because there's literally no reason that they should have two, you know, seventy plus yard touchdown runs uh, in in that situation. And like, you know, I, I said before the game that I thought that Ohio State was going to be able to capitalize on just the whole revenge thing. Like, the, I, I don't I don't understand how you sit there and you 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 put forth that effort and you you focus that much on something for a full year and then still in that game and in that moment have that effort. And you talked about like, you know, that you don't want to overreact to one loss. Well, to be honest, that's the only thing that matters. Like it does not matter one bit that Ohio State went 11 and one this this regular season or, you know, won 11 games before this. They lost this game, doesn't matter. Rose Bowl, if they go there, doesn't matter it's it's literally an extension of uh, you know of of next year just like last year's rose bowl was an extension of this year you know getting you ready for that situation and yeah i mean i I, it's just really hard for for you to sit there and look at it and say where is ohio state as 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 a program they're literally number two in the big 10 behind their rival and that's not even up for debate whether they have the talent or not they got smacked two years in a row and it's on them to sit there and you know figure out how to how to get beyond that And, and i um I guess I take solace in the fact that when I look at the Georgia Bulldogs and I think about Kirby Smart, who, who, you know, wins every recruiting title you can think of, 
year after year, they've got the guys to do it. Why can't Georgia get it done? Why can't yeah. they get past Alabama? They finally did. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible. But Ohio State, I think, is now going to be starting to, to be looked at in that light. Mm-hmm. Ryan Day and Brian Hartline and the rest of the staff don't have a problem getting good players here. That yeah. is not an issue. So somewhere along the way, you got to figure out how to make make that really, really high-level talent develop into a into a team and i i they talk about brotherhood they talk about toughness you know they took it on the chin and they were humble about it there were there was no arrogance in this post-game press conference um but it's hard as a fan and i i we hear it from people at home man i'm telling you it's it's been blowing up our social channels i understand it how how frustrated you are with the way things ended up today yeah and i mean you mentioned Georgia, and I almost kind of look at Michigan as Georgia in that situation. Not not necessarily from the from the athlete standpoint, like just the recruiting rankings, those kind of things. But it was like once they finally got over the hump, like I'm not going to necessarily pick against Michigan in a in a playoff game, based upon what I saw today. Like they're literally a very complete team. They you know they were able to step up in, in the loss of arguably their best player and if if McCarthy plays like that I don't see why they can't you know be in the national championship if not possibly win it. I guess what bugged me um, on the defensive side is that there were so many plays where Ohio State was right there and and you know didn't allow plays to to become explosive big plays that would change the context of the game and during those moments. They acted and felt like they were right in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they too easily allowed themselves to be taken out of it when they gave up that big play. Like, yeah. for example, when Marvin Harrison made an incredible yeah. touchdown catch, Michigan didn't flinch. Whatever. You move on to the next thing, right? That gave Ohio State the lead back right after Michigan had scored. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was it, it was at that point of the game where it's like, okay, who is going to be able to handle this better? Yeah. And and I just felt like Ohio State in the second half didn't act like they were playing with a lead out of the half. Yeah, and I, I mean, I kind of got that sense from the fans too, just the, just the, in general. You know, anytime Michigan would have a little bit of a big big play, the air would just kind of come out of the stadium too. Like it wasn't something that they just kept building upon. It wasn't like, you know, the defense was feeding off the, off the crowd, the offense was feeding off the crowd. Like there was just these periodic moments where it would tend to get loud and, you know, those kind of things. So I think that kind of works hand in hand. But, yeah, I mean, it, it just seemed like, you know, they had moments, that, that uh, flashes, those kind of things. And Mecca's, you know, long long catch that, that comes to mind, for example, you know, there's flashes of that. And then two plays later, they're stuck in the same thing that they were doing before that wasn't being successful. And I, that, that, that just throws me off. I, I don't understand that. Ohio State ran for 19 yards in the second half. They had like 13 total yards in the, in the third quarter absurd really really tough so you know the Buckeyes are going to try to figure out how to move on from here and unfortunately some of it is going to live in limbo um they don't have a game to prepare for at the moment they don't know what what it's going to look like is it a playoff game um or are they going to be playing in a New Year's Six game because at at absolute worst they're going to be playing on New Year's Day or or I guess actually I think this year it might even be the uh, the second because I think the first is a Sunday and I, I don't think there are New Year's Day games competing with the NFL Regardless, they're going to play in one of the six major bowl games for sure. Um, it doesn't feel very good at the moment, you know, but what will they do over the next, you know, yeah. almost two weeks until they find out exactly what that looks like? 
uh, unfortunately, they're probably going to stew on this a lot, and that's yeah. that's going to be really tough. One thing that really stands out to me, though, is the fact that if you think about it, in, in two, three years, this game won't mean as much as it did today. I know. And I think that that kind of sits wrongly with me because it's like this game meant so much. Like, you literally, there was revenge on the line. That in itself should have been enough motivation. Then you tack on the fact that you beat them, you go to the Big Ten Championship. You win that against, you know, I'm assuming Purdue. I haven't checked at any checked any scores today, but you're not going to have trouble with Purdue. You're going to get back to the playoff, potentially go to the national championship. There was literally so much on the line today, and then all of a sudden it's just gone. And in in 2026, if not earlier, when when they move to a 12 team playoff, none of that matters. Ohio State's still going to get yeah. in there. They might be hosting a playoff game in a couple weeks. That would pretty much be the difference. And when Kevin Warren likely changes the situation in the Big Ten uh, where oh, yeah. they would probably move away from divisional play. These two teams would have just played a game that was essentially irrelevant because they would have already known two weeks ago mm-hmm. they were both going to Indianapolis to play in a Big Ten title game. So, you know, yeah, I, I said that several times publicly this week that there are not going to be many more chances. This could be the last one where the stakes of this game are that big. Um, gosh, it it hurts Ohio State for sure to, to yeah. feel this way right now. Like, I will be interested to see, and this is obviously a conversation down the line about whether or not, you know, that game gets moved. But hypothetically, two weeks ago, Ohio State knows, Michigan knows that they're going to the Big Ten Championship. What's the point in playing out here? No kidding. Like, literally, you know, you can sit there and say, we're going to put a, we're going to have our third string players in there. It doesn't matter whether we win this or not because this isn't the one that matters. It's the one that matters, you know, and Indianapolis is the one that matters. And, so there's there's going to be some things that need to happen and change, you know. I we're so used to Ohio State Michigan being the final week of the regular season. It's been that way since '35, I believe. You know, that's longer than any of us have been alive. Our parents, our grandparents, all that kind of stuff. Maybe but they move this to mid October. I think that that's something that that would be good to do, but it it would just be kind of a shock. And you know, like I said, my my original point was just the fact that college football is going to be so different in two three years. And Ohio State failed to capitalize on an opportunity today when it actually mattered. Yeah, tough day for sure. And uh, we'll find out what the future of Ohio State football looks like here, uh, in, at least in the immediate uh, future. We'll find out in the next couple of weeks. But in the meantime, we've got to watch Michigan play in the Big Ten Championship game for the second year in a row as Ohio State loses today uh, in rather convincing fashion. 45-23 the final here at the Shoe. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for joining us throughout the course of the year. I know we've got a lot of folks here from Michigan that are uh, in our chat room, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Have your moment and, and enjoy the day for sure. But I know there's a lot of Buckeye fans too, um, and we appreciate the fact that you've been with us. We've done this after basically every game all year. Uh, we've got a lot of content uh, on BuckeyesNow.com and certainly have a bunch more planned here uh, coming up very soon, reacting to this game and trying to – plan some kind of a roadmap for what things could look like for the Buckeyes moving forward. Best way to support us is to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'd appreciate that. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast after the fact, know that we do these uh, streams live, Uh, but thanks for listening afterwards too. You can find this wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts. Okay. Big thanks to Eddie Murata too, who is doing our production again today. For Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. Have a great rest of the night. Ohio State loses to Michigan 45 to 23 to close out the regular season here in Columbus. We'll see you later.